Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Graduation what? season is here. Hello. And we just want to say well done. Yo. We celebrate you. Because I'm very, um, not petty, but. I think that giving feedback is really important. And I do what this for a petty like... way to say. <laughs> Wait, that's such a sophisticated way to say I'm petty. Giving feedback is important. <laughs> Money is one of the greatest indicators of your character. Hello, and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee. And we are your online sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth, and development of a community of sisters across the world and in today's episode we're going to be talking about climbing the career ladder in a world where women are now more than ever taking up positions of power and being more unapologetic about going for the gold when it comes to their career how do we navigate the bumps and the hitches along the way this is gonna be good I feel like this is a power episode. It really is. Power episodes. I'm really excited about this one. Let's talk about career, work, the hustle. Listen, before we get into all of that good stuff, it's time for a ding, ding, ding. Dilemma. (laughs) That was annoying. Do you know what that sounded like? You know, like on um, keyboards at school. Oh, yeah. DJ. And then there's... Oh, we actually need a dilemma theme tune. Gen- genuinely. genuinely. Should we come up with one? We should come up with one. Or okay. we can ask the sisters to help us out. That is true. Show. That is true. Send in your um, entries to the To My Sisters thoughts, Instagram. What we could do. Yeah. And like send us a voice note of a, a jingle we could use. A little, yeah. A little something. We're gonna, we can't pay you for it, but. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Soon come though. Soon come. As for the, the, the dilemma. Yeah. Hey ladies. Hope you're both doing well. I'm well. I am messaging from South Africa, but I was born and raised in Uganda. Shout out to Uganda. We shouted out South Africa before. We love you guys. But y'all can't be stealing the show. Yeah, this one's new. So big up Ugandans. We're working our way up Africa. We really are, yeah. I love it. I I love that for us. Love it. Shout out to all our African sisters. We're really, we love you guys. I moved to South Africa after my 18th birthday for university in 2017. Nice. I have built a life in South Africa from friends, community, routines, culture. Mm -hmm. I could get a job here, get married, have my family. Mm -hmm. However, I have recently graduated and I'm considering going back to Uganda. Nice. I was in Uganda for three months at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. It just felt like I should be at home, go back and maybe start over. Mm. My friends from high school, however, have moved on and I would be starting from scratch. Do you think that I'm romanticizing this notion of home being Uganda? What do you think I should consider before making a decision? This is a really good question. Full of a lot of self-awareness. I love Mm. it. Like a a lot of awareness and thinking. I think I I get the idea of romanticizing home and like a childhood home yeah um but i mean it says that you left 
you moved to South Africa after your 18th birthday. So you were there for a very substantial amount of time. You built your entire childhood and teen years there. Um, I would say going back is a good idea, but I wouldn't say completely move. You've already tested it. I was in Uganda for three months. So if you like it, and if you liked it and you found that you were able to socialize maybe with old friends or new friends, test it out for a longer period of time. Maybe this time go for six months. That's what I would do. Like go Mm. for six months or go for a year, leaving that open door to come back to South Africa, which is a place you now know as home um, and leaving the doors open, keeping your connections in South Africa, still networking um, so that if you do decide, no, actually I want to go back to SA, you can. Um, But if not, I think going back to Uganda is a fantastic idea. I don't think you're romanticizing it. I do think it will show you realities when you actually go. Mm-hmm. I think it won't live up to exactly the idea um, that you have in your head, but it also can surpass that and it can sp- pleasantly surprise you or you can just get to know more about what it's like to not just visit, but to actually live. And those cultural experiences are really valuable as well. So having an open mind towards it is really important. I think you've you've considered a lot. Um, and if, if it does require you to make certain like changes and adjustments and take risks, I think you're at a good age and you, I get, I'm assuming you're going to be in your early twenties if you're just like graduating, but, um, you're at a great time to start taking risks as 100%. well. Calculated risks, of course, do it, do it. I am all for adventure. I am all for traveling. Yeah. I think you should definitely do it. Wow. How about I, you? No, I definitely love that. I love it, especially what you said at the end about taking risks. Yeah. I think, you know, the fact that you are at this critical juncture in your life right now where you can actually make this decision of, you know, trying things out. Like, mm. it really doesn't mean that you have to stay there forever. Like yeah. Courtney said, you could go there for three, six, nine, twelve, even two years. You yeah. have enough time to be able to do that and see if you like the vibe, the culture, if it's a place that you feel like you could build yourself there, mm. if you could settle down there. There's really no rush. And yeah. I think just generally as women, sometimes we really rush to have things all together. Facts. And it really prevents us from experimenting and like figuring out the things that we actually like and things that could actually work for us. Mm. So for all intents and purposes, please, sis, go out and enjoy. Um, take it you know step by step yeah um, do a little you know a little stint there and see if it's actually something for you yeah and I think what's also a plus is the fact that you know Uganda's your home in the this sense is that you, you know being born there yeah this is not like a strange I mean even if it was a place that you had never been to before we would still be you know yeah. encouraging you to explore the option yeah but the fact that you do have some you know connection yeah real actual strong connections despite Very the fact that you know your friends have moved on mm-hmm it isn't a crazy thing to think about. And friends reconnect after decades. I mean, I have my, like my mom um, has friends she's still reconnecting with. My mom is in her mid sixties and she has friends from secondary school that when she goes back to Ghana, she connects with, you know? So you being gone for a couple of years isn't going to mean that people have forgotten about you. Mm. It's just about being intentional about reviving those friendships. Um, and it, you may not be picking it up from where they left off because life has changed, but you're getting to know people and what their, their journeys have been like since you've parted ways and now you're coming back together. So look forward to those reunions. 100%. But sis, whatever you decide, we are wishing you the best, sending you lots of love, luck, and light. Yeah. We are sure that you are going to smash it. That's good. That was it. This is literally the show of jingles. Jingles, catchphrases. You know what I'm saying? Like we should we should do something with this skill and talent. Yes, quote them when you use us, please. Please. You know, 
<laughs> hashtag oh we did a little survey um a couple, i think it was like last week yeah. on the instagram as to what are the most memorable phrases from tms they killed me oh they were hilarious absolutely killed me i was just like wow we really say some of this stuff <laughs> we say some dumb stuff we, man <laughs> <laughs> but it's gold that's it's why you can't love us yeah it's cancelled it's balance what about balance? <laughs> balance, what about balance yes if you would like to send us a dilemma please please by all means hit us up via email hello at tomysisters.com and of course you can always share your dilemma with us in the instagram dms at to my sisterhood so feel free to send in those dilemmas and we will get back to you in one of our upcoming episodes okay. now really segueing into the main <laughs> conversation which is all about career, career progression and that's right we're going to be talking about our career journeys career transitions as well as navigating seasons of brokenness mm. versus seasons of uh, abundance <laughs> <sighs> so miss courtney hello what was your first job and how was the experience okay so when i was in secondary school i had a side hustle yes. i was doing people's hair yeah. i was a freelance mobile yes. hair stylist baby okay. i would go over to my friend's house neighbor's houses family friends houses and do their sew-ins their braids um that was mainly all that i was doing actually and my first i guess official job was um when I was 16, I started working at a hairstyle, at, at a hair salon as a hairstylist mm-hmm. um, with that experience that I had being a mobile hairstylist. So, uh, th- yeah, my first job was in hair. It was great. It was actually a great experience. I loved working in a salon. Yeah. My first salon was ghetto AF. <laughs> like, it was so great. <laughs> it was so great. Like, to the point where, like, there was always banter. There was always juicy gossip. Yeah. Um, I was 16, so I was the youngest on the shop floor. And everyone, um, loads of people didn't know my age, which was good. Mm. Um, but it meant that I was getting exposed to, you know, salon yeah. chit-chat. Yeah. salon chit chat is the best chit chat yeah. i'm not even shocked that we ended up doing a podcast like that i ended up on a podcast salon chit chat is the best um it's the juiciest the juiciest gossip the juiciest mm. and we, there's no subject off limits when you've got your right. hands in somebody's hair they will reveal everything to you wow. and you get to encourage people um, and meet people but it did it was challenging i think being 16 and, and working alongside people who this was their main career um because I wasn't like a junior hairstylist or anything like that. Mm. I was just one of the hairstylists that was there. I had to build my own clientele, buy my own products, rent out my chair. Well, I was on commission actually. Yeah. Um, but all of that responsibility, if a, if a product broke, if I like equipment broke or anything, um, some of the stylists could sometimes be a bit, you know, territorial which made sense everyone has their hustle so I would then have to fork out money to buy my own stuff and so I had to learn money management really easy like really quickly Mm. um but I loved it I absolutely loved working in a salon um there was a lot of drama though like there used to be a like I said it was ghetto af there used to be a lot of fights yeah a lot of fights fights. yeah like actual fist fights arguments people because it was half salon half barber so it was like we were split across two different sides of the shop and sometimes people would have the most drama in there the barbers would start fighting each other or customers the stylists would start fighting each other or customers or yeah 100% there used to be these two um Lisa who basically (laughs) trained me up baby like she she was a huge part she was a huge part of my development as a hairstylist um but she had a mouth 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did, she did, she did. And she was, she was, ah, oh, she was a hothead, but I absolutely loved her. Yeah. But she used to fight with another one of the hairstylists okay. all the time. Um, and she always used to think I understood what she was saying because she was talking patois. I didn't have a clue, but I wanted to stay on her good side. So I'd just nod every time she was explaining the story. <laughs> That's what I could do. Um, but yeah, I, I loved working in a salon. Man. Nice. I did. How about yourself, Miss Renee? I feel like I've had the exact opposite experience. <laughs> the exact opposite. I'm glad we started off positively. Give the girl something nice. You know what I mean? Start off sweet. Normally we have dessert at the end, but it's nice to go first. <laughs> Tell us the story. <laughs> so, my first grievous role. Um, Not grievous. It was grievous, man, because I was aggrieved. Yeah, you were. <laughs> it was um, a call center. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most... <sighs> this was the worst, ex- one of the worst experiences of my pre-adulthood um, life. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, you know, and it was great because I was making money. Like, I was making, like, a good amount of money for my yeah. age, which was nice. Like, yeah. going from, you know two pound a day for my, my pocket money to like mm. getting hundreds in my bank account yeah. was nice. Yeah. However, it was just a terrible experience. Um, the culture was awful. The people were awful. Um, yeah. The customers were also awful. The things we were representing. <laughs> Courtney's looking at me now. The struggle. Horror show. Um, yeah, it was just super, super unnecessarily competitive. Mm. Like if there's one thing that I did learn, um, whilst I was working there was definitely the power of like selling and the Mm. importance of selling. Mm. And it definitely made me more comfortable doing uncomfortable things at that time because it was literally rooted around, you know, having to sell stuff to people on the phone. So yeah, I'm a lot more kinder to folks that will call up and ask, you know, if I've had an accident or like if I'm interested (laughs) in donating, because I know what the struggle is. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, everything was terrible. Mm. Um, the pe- everybody there was kind of like working on their own hustle because like there were, it was commission based, right? Oh, okay. And it's very much like you don't have time to like socialize yeah. or meet other people or make friends. It's quite a volatile environment. Exactly. Um, commission based work. Very, very volatile. And um, most folks that were there were never really there for long time, yeah. like periods of time. So it was always like changing and the shift pattern was just, you know, changing all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I've explained this on another episode, my dramatic exits from. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> wow. Courtney's like, yeah, you're going to tell it again in this episode. So essentially what had happened was um, I was on a call to a particular lady who actually had dementia mm. and she had also lost her husband. So morally, I just didn't think it was appropriate to be asking her to spend like money or like, you know, I just felt really uncomfortable in that situation. And at the time I was like, what, 16, 17? Mm, like, mm. Um, no. Mm. Um, so I had a conversation with her. It did go on for quite some time. Normally the calls take about between like five to 10 minutes. This went on for maybe like 20 minutes. And then at the end I was just like, you know what, you have a good day. Um, and um, yeah, I'm wishing you all the best with your life. And then I ended the call and then I'm like, my line manager came up to me in a huff and a puff. 
And in the last episode, I already told you guys, I don't like people speaking to me anyhow. Yeah. So yeah, he came over to me in a half and a path and was like, what was that? Because he was listening into the call and I was just like, oh, you know, like if you're listening in, you know, it's quite obvious yeah. that she was, she had dementia, yeah. lost her husband, all sorts of trauma in her life, da, 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 da. And he just started shouting at me, <laughs> at me, he shouted. Yeah. And was like telling me all sorts of stuff, like, you know, you're getting paid to do X, Y, Z. Mm. I don't need you to be out here, you know, um, just all sorts of like ri- ridiculously abusive <laughs> stuff. And I did what I knew how to do at yeah. that time. And I shouted back. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. don't do that, guys. At all. Um, I shouted back. And yeah, it was really awkward, at least for everybody else that was there. Because yeah. they were just looking at us shout at each other. And I was like, you know what? I've had like, don't speak to me anyhow. And I just packed up my belongings and I left. And you went. I left. <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to like contact me a couple of days afterwards. I aired everything. Screw and then I, I wrote, because I'm very, um, not petty, but I think that giving feedback is really important. And I do what this What a petty like, way to say. <laughs> Wait, that's such a sophisticated way to say I'm petty. Giving feedback is important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big believer in feedback. <laughs> I do it at restaurants too. Oh. And I sent them a nice little paragraph explaining why everything was problematic. Yeah. And um, that was that. So that was my experience in my first role. How old were you? 16. There you go. 16. <laughs> um, but yeah, to all our younger sisters, you don't do that. There's more amicable ways that are a little bit less feedback oriented. <laughs> <laughs> you can go down. Um, but yeah. Moving on from kind of like our experience um, as youngsters, yeah. I think it's just important to like note the progression. Because I think sometimes if you're somebody that's working in a role that you don't particularly like, or if mm. you're somebody that's younger, or mm. if you're trying to transition into something else, it can be a bit like disheartening when you look at like other people's stories mm. and think, oh, like it looks like they were like self-made or they've done all these kind of stuff. But you would be like really surprised. A lot of like my friends that are doing some amazing things started in like, you know, retail work or they started in like all sorts of like roles and careers and stuff. And it's just the point to say that everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, everyone. And it's actually fine. 100%. You're making money and you're happy with where you're at. Then that's cool. 100. But in terms of navigating employment, business, and jobs because mm. we went to university right we did we had we degrees and we went to universities where technically it was illegal to, to work. work that's actually a really good point actually yeah at our universities the policy was whilst you're studying you are not allowed it was an official policy you are not allowed to be in any form of employment nope. whilst you are studying apart from in vacation time yep so we don't necessarily have the, I guess, experience of like juggling university work with work work as an employee. Yeah, like work, full-time work, yeah. Full-time work. Um, however, having said that, definitely worked during the uh, in-between seasons. Yes. Um, so yeah, talk to us a little bit about your uh, holiday seasons of seasonal <laughs> employment. Hello. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I do actually have a video on my YouTube channel about um like my, my career journey if you want the in-depth of it. But basically, I whilst I was at university, um I didn't know what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. our universities there was a heavy emphasis on 
corporate work, yeah. le- like legal work, um, being a corporate lawyer or becoming a uh, investment banker, those sorts of things, a, a consultant. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I realized that I actually, it's not just, I didn't know what field I wanted to go to. I actually didn't know if I wanted to work corporate. Mm. I didn't know if I liked the environment. And I know in that's in that circumstance, my advice to people would actually be experience it and then formulate your judgment. But I didn't do that. I just decided based off of other people's stories, this isn't for me. Like the hours that people say that they work I don't want to do that. And I just oh, knew myself. God. And I think because I had worked extensively before, I had, by that point, I had, by the time I started my degree, mm. I had already worked in two different salons mm. um, and I'd been working for myself on and off. So I knew I didn't want that. I didn't want like our crazy hours of work yeah. for work that I didn't think I would actually really be passionate about. And even from other people's um, accounts, it didn't seem like they were passionate about it either. So why should I waste my life on that? I had started my YouTube channel in my first year of university. And I was thinking more about what I could do to express myself. And I thought, what if I like just decided to work for myself? Mm. And I was listening to other people's experiences, other people's career journeys. um, And there was a, a particular person who, um, their kind of testament was they actually never have had had a, they had never had a job since graduating wow. and they were like late 20s yeah. and I was like oh my days and you make money and they were explaining the different things that they've been able to try um, and exploring their talents and being self-employed and I was like I want to do that um, and then I got this idea what if I started my own hair company I've got all this experience it was well, a long-winded story I've got all this oh, experience in hair I'd worked at hair salons and stuff like that Uh, what if I started my own hair company and literally fell into my lap when I prayed for like just to get more clarity on what I should be doing and and more opportunities to lead me down that path Mm. I got an email like hey do you want to work at um there's there's these openings at this startup that is looking for interns and it was a hair startup it was Mm. a beauty startup with Mm. funding and I applied a week later I had the job um and that's what I did my first summer after my first year so that summer vacation I was a business development associate um fancy okay but the thing is it was a bit of everything everything. it was a bit of marketing logistics operations Mm. helping them literally build the company from scratch from logo to launching the e-commerce site um onboarding loads of contractors very similar to what it is I do now actually so it was the best experience I could have ever asked for um and I was only meant to work there for one summer and I ended up being asked to come back after my internship to work with them on a more long-term basis so every year after that every holiday that I had summer Easter Christmas yeah I was there. I was nice. working there, getting paid. It was good money too. Shiny. It was all right money actually. Yeah. And I was doing YouTube at the same time. Um, and then what did that kind of lead? And then I, it led to a full-time job offer um, when I finished. And that was the only job and only experience I had. Mm. Um, well, I guess official work experience because I had more creative uh, freelance stuff, YouTube sponsored work, stuff like that, speaking. Yeah. But um, that was my job and I loved it. And I turned down my full-time job offer wow. after after uni. Woof. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I did during uni. What yeah. a story. We're going to come back to that real, in, in a minute, <laughs> in a minute. Um, because I think that's just such a, 
interesting trajectory and it's very... well you're saying it like this is the first time you've heard that story you were Excuse there every me? step of the way i'm trying to curate okay <laughs> trying to give everybody a great experience i'm trying to curate an experience here for the people yeah i hear you thank you for your support during this time <laughs> yeah but no honestly i think what's really cool about your story and we're going to get into it um a little bit in a little bit is that you really decided to go against the grain, especially speaking on, you know, going corporate, doing up the nine to five. Mm. We've spoken about this in some of our earlier episodes in terms of like nine to five versus, you know, entrepreneurship um, entrepreneurship and the pros and cons. And I think because this episode is actually big shout out again to the sisters that have been dropping their recommendations in our most recent Instagram post um, as to what to cover. I know that there are a lot of sisters out there that are either you know, about to graduate or have graduated and are feeling really disillusioned about the options that they have available to them or even, you know, mid-career professionals Mm. who are feeling a little bit disillusioned about where they're at right now. Mm. Um, So I think what's really cool about like your journey is your capacity to pivot um, as well as like you actively (laughs) moving into spaces that you really truly believe that you're called to Mm. as opposed to just kind of like following on a very specific trajectory Mm. that all of us are exposed to. Thank you, man. Um, But how about you, Miss Renee? Tell us about your career. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about the story. So (laughs) yeah, so for me, I didn't really work so much in between, um, like term time yeah it was more so internships actually Mm. which were really really handy um i was very very privileged in the sense that i got a lot of bursaries Mm. like it was if i could go back to university times just be dropping that free money bruh free money and then on top of that they were like bursaries specifically for travel Mm. so for me a very pivotal like internship that i did was an international development um internship Mm. in new york Mm. and that was amazing i was there for like three months by myself which was crazy and not only did they give me like my normal like university money bursary but they covered my flights they covered everything it was just (laughs) great and that experience was wonderful not necessarily because it helped me kind of like solidify that i wanted to work in international development Mm. because it kind of did Mm. but it also made me realize that i actually really love traveling Traveling. i love the states yeah like learning and that actually was really helpful for me when it came to deciding to pursue a postgraduate degree Mm. because then I could actually use that as a you know launch pad yeah talk about the experience of working at the um international development company as part of like my personal statement and then what was really cool about that was when I was doing my postgraduate I then started working for another international development um company and Mm -hmm. I was just like yeah I'm gonna come back to this (laughs) I'm not gonna go into it now but I'm gonna come back to yeah Um, so that was really, really cool. And then whilst I was in the States, so in the States, they allow you to work. <laughs> in fact, it's imperative that you work. Um, they, That's true. You must, you must, you must seek labor. <laughs> Facts. You must seek labor. Um, and I did some really interesting slash cool things slash not really cool things. So I worked in the library, which was cool because it meant that, you know. You were around gonna, books. Yeah, I was around books. I don't. How much do I want to disgrace or expose myself? I watched Netflix a lot whilst I was there, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the whole, uh, what do you call it? Like three or four seasons of Supernatural. Um, I love that. Listen, if you guys enjoyed Criminal Minds, here's another recommendation. <laughs> Supernatural's great if you're into that fantasy stuff. <laughs> I haven't quite got Courtney around yet, but no. she's coming. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Um, what else did I do? I also 
started freelance writing when I was in the States during my postgraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me because very similar to you, actually, a lot of like the work that I started applying for post-graduation were writing, copywriting, Mm -hmm. marketing, branding, all of that kind of good stuff. So yeah, that's kind of what I was doing in between like the learning stage. Um, But moving on to the... uh, post-graduation slump because that can sigh, be tricky and big I know sigh. there's a lot of sisters <laughs> who are either currently worried about their current situation yeah. as graduates yeah. or about to graduate in a really really rocky season of employment as well as the added social pressure of yeah. having to be in employment to validate yourself pay yeah. your bills and all of that stuff so First of all, how did you navigate that experience? And secondly, what are some of your top tips to the sisters out there that are currently in this season? Um, I certainly do not envy people graduating at this time. I think it's the job market is all over the place. The pandemic, the last couple of years of studying have been completely altered. So sis, well done for even getting to this point. Um, but well done, Bro, like, you well done. done. <laughs> graduation when? season is here Hello? and we just want to say well done Yo. we celebrate you Serious. um so i guess for myself like i said my thought process about graduating and the job that i would do really started from my first year because mm. for me whilst i love studying and i am an academic person i prefer working right so i wasn't i knew i didn't want to jump into like post-grad or anything like that I wanted to start working and for me I had to lay out what are my uh, what is important to me what are my motivating factors and motivating factors can be is it purposeful does it make me money and the amount of money that I want will it afford me the lifestyle that I want will Mm. it bring me the opportunities that I think I want and need so Mm. for example if traveling is important to you and seeing um, different parts of the world that would be one of your main motivating factors that would help you decide your career Mm. whereas for me my main motivating factor was purpose money (laughs) that's literally how I think about things purpose money (laughs) 100% so um I, I thought about it in that sense and in first year, like I said, I decided that I wanted to tr- give take the risk and see what self-employment would be like starting my own business and working for myself. Because similar to your first story about that job you had when you were 16, <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. And I say this in hopefully the most least that, that I hope I say this in hopefully the least pompous, yeah. arrogant yeah. way possible. I do not like being told what to do. I don't like being micromanaged. I don't like being at the end of someone's whip. I want to be a free agent to a degree, right? And so self-employment was definitely the best route. (laughs) And yeah, it's not that I don't want to submit or anything like that, but I just felt like I wanted to have that go, I guess in Mm. youthful stubbornness, that's what I would call it. Yeah. But um, that's what I decided to do. And Mm. I worked myself towards that for the following two, three years. Mm. And so I think I had the advantage of knowing that something was coming up, right? Mm. Um, And when I got to my third year, a lot of doubts started to creep in. I now had this brand new job offer with a good salary for a company I really liked. Um, And, you know, I had had helped like build the company. I, I was there, I was their second employee ever. And now the team was like seven people. And it was just like, oh, like I really wanna be a part of this, but this isn't purpose for me. Um, and, and it, it, or not, this has served its purpose for me, I would say that. Mm. And so um, knowing when like seasons end and when, when things need to be, when you need to take another 
step in your career and kind of pivot has been really important for yeah. me. Um, even now, like I'm at that stage now where it's like, oh, another pivot. This is scary. Yeah. And even though it's what I want, I'm scared as ever. And I think that that was one of the biggest challenges now deciding to take the leap Mm. um, into self-employment. And that's basically all that I did. I had built up, you know, social media, freelance stuff, um, just doing what I love and being able to get paid for it. Yeah. That was the biggest shock for me. Um, And now I always challenge myself to build and scale a business, which took a bit of a time to get off the ground, but it happened. Mm. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Wow. Time flies. Three Time's years. flying. Three years. Crazy. Crazy. Um, but how about you, Miss Renee? Now I want to talk about this. <laughs> what was career like and your decision making like post undergrad? Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> Damn, I should have gotten a wine glass for this one. <laughs> um, it certainly was not linear, straight, or yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, yeah, it was difficult because the established narrative, particularly for folks that went to our universities, is you become an investment banker, you enter like one of those like swanky corporate jobs and actually very similar to you. I don't really enjoy being told what to do. Yeah. And to be honest, I can do it, but I think more so for me, I don't like doing unnecessary labor beyond a certain point. Mm. I don't want to be working 15 hours a day for something that is actually very menial in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And perhaps that's very millennial, late millennial, Gen Z of me or whatnot. But I genuinely, it after having the intensity of my university experiences, I really was looking for something that was purposeful Mm. and paid well. And it seemed at the time that you could only choose one or the other. Mm. So that was very much part of my reason for pursuing my postgraduate. I was kind of like, I'm interested in this. It's also in the States, but also I'm trying to delay having to enter the job market mm. because y'all be safe. It's crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. She right. <laughs> crazy. Um, and by virtue of going to do my postgraduate um, degree, I learned so much, yeah. made a lot of connections um oh i even had a tragedy oh gosh it was the biggest tragedy of my entire life <laughs> still to this day i'm i'm burning wait what basically i got a job offer oh yeah that was actually <laughs> i would no 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 listen, listen. it was it was sweet it was michelin star yeah. okay i would have been earning like almost six figures Come on. straight out of university yeah and I didn't have any student debt mm, from my postgraduate yeah, degree. Yeah. I was there for free. So I was like, I'm Lord, I'm step I am stepping in. <laughs> I am stepping into my car. I'm ready to, you know, rock and rumble. I'm ready yeah. to be an American babe. But unfortunately, at the time, visa restrictions <sighs> and visa delays. I was about to say something real bad. I yeah. Said, I you should have just grabbed somebody and said, marry me quick. <laughs> Marry me now. Marry me I'm now, I'm die. Dying. I will die if you don't marry me now. So, um, yeah, the, my we have a grace period of 60 days when our um, grad, graduate degree finishes. Yeah. And unfortunately, that time expired before they could renew my visa for mm. working. <laughs> for working. And it meant I had to unceremoniously be dumped back to this place that they call the United Kingdom that Take I despise. Yeah. 
Um, and I couldn't start working because the stipulation was that I needed to start working from August and my visa still hadn't come by then. That's painful, man. How did you deal Extremely with that? painful. Pain. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was actually really depressed for a while. I was really, really upset for a minute because having to go from that to now fighting for my life in mm. these UK streets, I think is very different because think about it in the States. Obviously, salaries definitely need to be higher because the amount of debt that everybody they're forcing upon everybody is crazy. It's insane. And the repayment plans. The repayments and everything like that. So coming from that kind of offer to now having much, much lower offers, even though they are, you know, like the standard for like UK graduates and stuff like that, it was really difficult because I really had to like humble myself and apply for roles that, I wasn't altogether as interested in and knew that they wouldn't pay as well and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I went live for at least like a month when I came back, I was just straight up depressed. I was upset as hell. And I was even more upset when like I was applying for things and like sometimes I would get rejections. Sometimes I would get to like certain like stages of like the interviews Mm. and stuff and then get rejected. And I'm just like- But you bounced back. I did, I bounced back. And two things happened. So Mm -hmm. the first was that I actually started working in the startup scene. So this was before startups were like popping, popping, like sexy. (laughs) Um, So I was like, I was working at like an edtech startup company, which was really dope. I really really enjoyed it. Um, The working hours though, it was was nasty. Um, But it was really, really imperative to my journey because I learned so, so much so Mm. quickly. We literally did like, everything like i was doing like partnerships and community but i literally did everything yeah startups are the best honestly if you're trying to grow your experience and knowledge and resilience work out resilience (laughs) and then the second thing that happened was i also started freelancing Mm. so i like my full-time income was fine but after going from that job off of six figures i know it's not my portion yeah so i started freelancing i started um writing on medium um, I started doing like smaller projects where I'd ghostwrite for like entrepreneurs and do like program design and stuff like that. Um, networked the hell, the <laughs> hell out of my work. I was going to all of the work socials. I was going to all of the LinkedIn, you know, all those cringy things that they post <laughs> on LinkedIn, you know, I went to all of them. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely finally started um, working for myself on the side, which yeah. is really, really cool. And um, yeah, it was tough. It was really, really tough. And I think in your career journey, there will always be times where you're down. Yeah. A lot of people always talk about when you're up, especially when we go on like platforms like LinkedIn, it's always announcement culture. Mm. I'm pleased to announce that I've done X, Y, Z. It can be demoralizing if you're in a place where you're not quite where you want to be. Yeah. Or if you're going through, you know, rejections or constant applications and not quite getting where you want to be. But... First of all, these are temporary seasons and they give you the most opportunity to be creative. Yeah. Had I not had any of those setbacks, I definitely wouldn't have started freelancing. I wouldn't have started working into, in like startups and all of the good things that are happening right now in my career would absolutely have never happened if those mm. things did not happen. Be encouraged, sis. So definitely be encouraged. And I'd also say to all the sisters right now that are going through that like ugly season of like dealing with I'm looking for employment. I graduated. How come jobs are not being handed to me on this? A very real situation. Talk on it. It's tough. And it's real. And I want you to understand that 
be it there is, you do not have less dignity because you're unemployed. We're in a tough situation. Holding down a job is hard. Finding a job is even harder. And it's okay if you're in a season of transition or if you're in a period where you've actually just graduated and you don't know what the hell to do with your life. That's okay. Keep plodding along. And know that's, and the thing is it hurts because you can be doing up applications, like doing doing applications is a full-time job. You're doing all the right things. But it's just not working out. And sometimes it's actually not you. I would definitely recommend if you can get feedback where you like you can. Um, but sometimes it's not even you. Sometimes it's, you know, company culture. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, someone actually just doesn't like you. And these things are okay. I would say keep plodding along, but also use it as an opportunity to pursue the things that you're good at and you yeah. like. So for me, that was freelancing. For Courtney, that was really setting up a whole business. Like really yeah. use these down times as setup times. Yes. Use the yes. setback as yes. the setup. This is it. Use the setback as the setup up word honestly you have to use these opportunities to push something new out of you you have to that's you force yourself to evolve or you will die flat lights flat lights evolve or die that's all that it's it's a hard reality to swallow Mm. and things can often feel unfair but resilience like we said and 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 we can't have be sad like give yourself a time like you said give yourself time to be sad but you still got to pick yourself up and you've still got to make something work, sis. So use this as a time to explore something new. And like you said, setback, use that setback as a setup. Honestly, and there is no shame in being broke. I know everybody out here will post on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Allegedly, everybody's on six figures. Allegedly. But the stats don't say that. The stats don't add up. Something's not mathing. Okay. <laughs> Can somebody bring a calculator? Apparently, everybody is in the same tax bracket. <laughs> Biggest Apparently. one too. Yeah. Everybody is in the 40% plus yep. tax bracket. And you know what? It's it's crazy because if there was ever a time to be broke, it's right out of university. Do you understand? <laughs> Early 20s. Why wouldn't you be broke? I know a lot of people say you don't have responsibilities, but you also don't have years of work experience. You don't. You don't have, oftentimes you don't have access to the highest paying jobs and the highest paying roles. It makes sense to be broke. Number two, we're living in one of the worst economies (laughs) (laughs) at the moment. Like we're just coming out of a pandemic and not even just that, but work is becoming more competitive. Now it seems like undergrad degree isn't enough for most jobs, you know? So like you said, you have to have a job and then a side hustle and then maybe a business and you still need to, you know, have access to grants and funding in order to make things stay afloat and actually pursue your dreams it makes sense to be broke and don't don't be hard on yourself because the world is capping to the max Cap. about the fact that they're rolling in dough that's not necessarily true and if we're going to talk about you know representation of course that the person that bought a house at 22 is going to go viral mm. because that that those are the things that spark virality because it's uncommon but just because you see it all the time doesn't mean it's more common um if you talk to your friends you'll realize actually you're you're doing pretty much on the same level you're as they are. <laughs> you're right. doing fine. You're doing um, all right. And if, if you t- you're talking to the people you graduated with and your peers, not in, out of comparison, but just taking yourself from the online um, show reels and really looking at life mm. and, and the representation of the real people, Honestly, you'll start to realize that you're not alone. You're not alone. This is it. This is it. Well, moving on to the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm. 
So, you know, we've spoken about, you know, that awkward period where you're kind of broke or you don't really know what you're doing with your life. And you we know, have an employment. episode on that, actually, a couple of episodes back where we were talking about money. Yes, we do. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, we'll link it in the TMS. description. Early yeah. TMS. We can say that early. <laughs> early TMS. Early you know, when TMS. you didn't have to see our faces. It's been and less stuff. than a year. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. When you didn't have to see our faces. It's true. Um, but yeah, lifestyle creep. Mm. So what about... <laughs> it's very real yo i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like the tax man sniffs <laughs> when you're making money his palm starts to itch he's like hmrc oh. i sense you have some money <laughs> all of a sudden hi miss courtney hello the have amount money. of letters i uh anyways so what about when you are you know comfortable in your career or you're making a good amount of income and mm. whatnot how do you manage lifestyle creep? Mm. And what did you like do? How did you arrange yourself when you started to make more money? Okay, so this is only a very recent reality for me. <laughs> um, just to give some context, being <laughs> self-employed at 21, it doesn't go as flourishing as you think yeah, it will. Um, especially when they stop giving you student finance. Because everything, you can make plans when you're comfortable. Then the rug is pulled from under your oh feet boy. called student finance. Boy, not boy. getting that maintenance loan, not getting the maintenance grant, not getting boy. the bursaries anymore. And you start to realize I actually make less money than I thought I did. Bruh. A lot of the money that I got was actually gifts. Um, <laughs> not gifts. <laughs> but it was. And now it's like, oh, actually my work doesn't... Pre- or even, for example, okay, there's lifestyles creep. But I think also if you're self-employed and you're starting a business... yeah expenses ramp up when you're trying to scale a business expenses ramp up more than profit and i i think that that's one of the harshest realities that no one really prepared me for yeah um and i didn't even know to ask about whether if you're trying to scale something and make it bigger the expenses will pile up way faster than the profits start rolling in Mm. which means you're spending a lot more in order to try and make more Mm. right and those profits aren't even guaranteed and so in getting a new shop, in having to hire contractors, getting mm. new products, leveling up my branding, all of that costed, a, like all of that cost a lot of money to me. And it was challenging because it was like, okay, I'm making more money. Yeah. I'm seeing my bank statements coming in. I'm going to be real. I'm seeing my bank statements coming in. I'm making 6K a month. Where's the 6 Where's it going? Where? Where's the money? Because even at the end of the month, I'm struggling to pay myself. Mm. But I know I'm working... 18 hours a day so this is not, not this is not up. making sense not this is not mapping. adding up um and that was a, a massive reality for me at the beginning of my business journey and not even just the beginning the majority of my business journal has been an uphill battle right it's only up until last year october that i put myself on an actual salary my salary up until that point was basic minimum wage living expenses it's the way your voice broke for me because it was a tough time Mm -hmm. and then I put myself on a proper wage Mm -hmm. and that was the first time I was like wow I'm actually making money I can that was the first time I saved the first time I actually put anything into a savings account um well I had a savings account before but I've talked about that I took I took the money out and I closed the savings account but (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's all right it's all right. It's all a part of the wisdom we get to share on the oh. podcast. Um, but yeah, like, 
<laughs> I tried, yeah. But um, oh yeah, that was God. the first time I was able to actually save. And so that was the, the first thing I started to realize that, okay, now I'm making more money. I can actually achieve certain goals mm-hmm. that I weren't, I wasn't able, that I had to let go of before such as saving for a specific thing. And so I opened up a savings account and I committed a a specific amount of my paycheck to that savings account. And that was like a non-negotiable for me. Now that I'm in the position to save, because I've never had that security before, Mm -hmm. I am going to take as much advantage of it as possible. So um, I committed myself to saving and then I tried to shift my mindset to, okay, yes, your lifestyle might be changing. You might now be able to go to nicer places and your friends are making money too. So you can go out and you can do nice things and you want to travel. But after your savings, the money you have, your lifestyle needs to fit into that, right? It's not that you're you're just funding your lifestyle. I don't like to think I'm funding my lifestyle. I think that that can sometimes lead to um, being frivolous. Yeah. I I just say my lifestyle has to fit into my budget and I have to find a way to make my, not necessarily lower my taste so I can afford it, but either I start making more money so that the budget is bigger or I start thinking of different ways to kind of tailor my taste a bit. So I might not be able to spend in this area, but I do prioritize spending in that area, for example. I think for me, it was easier because certain luxuries I can do myself. I don't pay to get my hair done, stuff like that. Uh, I can do my own like hair, makeup, brows, all of like the cosmetic stuff that women spend a lot of money Mm. on. I do it for myself. Mm. Um, Whereas I do enjoy taking myself out for dates. So I spend a lot on that. I do like to travel. So when I do travel, I spend a lot on there. Um, So I, I think fit your lifestyle into your budget so that you're not running into debt or running crazy, Mm. trying to keep up with this lifestyle creep. Um, Or you'll constantly feel like you're being chased and your money is just crumbling away. But making more money can be good. Don't let it get straight to your head though. It's easy to think I've got more money now. I can live like X or I can live the way other people say that they're living if you really open an Excel spreadsheet and you do the calculations on how much it costs to buy all this designer stuff and have this nice car and uh, travel to all these nice places, you'll start to realize that actually somebody is telling fibs. Somebody's lying. And I think it's important to be aware (laughs) of that reality. Also, a lot of the lifestyle stuff we see comes from lifestyle content. Yeah. Lifestyle content creators are paid to live their lifestyle. I'm screaming. You get paid to do a job. Your lifestyle, that's a different thing altogether, right? And the reason why I highlight this difference is, and it's something that Lydia said on the podcast, mm. I get paid to make sure my hair and my nails are done you don't. That's an expense for you, right? This is a business expense for me. And I think it's important when we see influencers and we see uh, celebrities and stuff who a huge part of their image and their business is these expensive things to bear that in mind when we are creating our real life budgets, right? Because we're not being paid to do these things. Mm. So it's important to really think about what is realistic for you? What's important to you? What are you willing to work for? Um, and working hard and working smart and all of that. But being not just realistic isn't the word. It's being realizing that finances are very personal and you shouldn't allow 
the internet, digital culture to pressure you into doing anything that you don't need to do, if yeah. that makes sense. And I think, yeah, lifestyle, it's easy for the lifestyle to get away from you right. and to start thinking, I need to be living like this. And suddenly you have no money to invest in the future. Now what? Because the, the girls that you were watching, they can invest in the future because they it. were being paid to do the enjoyment. This is it. You weren't. Oh. Wow. Just wanted to be honest. Wow. Save the sisters some trouble. Wow. Well... Let me I think my edges fell on. <laughs> You're annoying. Oh Let my days. Let me check. <laughs> okay. No, I think my edges fell just, on the floor. I'll just I'll gather them after the episode. I'll gather them up after the episode. <laughs> what little I have left and pack you it up into a ponytail. Pictures of them ponies. Okay. That pony that was being held together by Faith and Faith. Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely, just Faith. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. Wow. Oh, but no, I definitely, definitely agree with everything that you said. Oh, it really does come down to character, really. Yeah. You have to be humble about the fact that you're now making money. And also, you need mm. to be very honest about, you know, honest about yourself and what you're like. Yeah. Because some things that you act like our expenses or act like our necessities are not really. No. Did you have to get, you know, the most expensive top? Did you have to get it? Did you have to get it now? And the thing is, this is not to say that I am not a believer in um, buying things for yourself. Not at all. I'm the opposite. I enjoy buying things for myself quite a lot. She really does. I really do. No, in a good way. Oh, I thought you were coming for me. I was like... (laughs) Ma'am, okay, (laughs) ma'am. No, she really does in a good way. I really both of us do. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, in a good way. But there definitely needs to be balance because you aren't just, as Courtney said, living for the present, but you're also living for the future. And it is good financial practice to make sure that you know, because you're making more money, your values don't change. Because Mm. really, it is about values as opposed to just you know lifestyle creep yeah nothing is creeping the only thing that's creeping is your character you're creeping around (laughs) okay yeah stay consistent you need to stay consistent and i think there's one thing like there's a difference between you know splurging on yourself and actively investing yeah and i think erring on the side of investing really asking yourself like is this an investment or is this just a frivolous spend that I keep on doing? Mm. Like, it's okay to have frivolous spend. Sometimes you want to get the nice hair or the yeah. nice perfume or the nice makeup or take yourself somewhere nice you to should. eat. As you should. But have dedicated times and dates to do that yeah. will help you in the grand scheme of things because they don't fall outside of your budget. So, um, good. so yeah, making sure that you actually have a firm handle and grasp on what's coming into your account, what's mm. going out. Because we assume that, you know, our careers are always going to be a upward trajectory. If you get knocked down, yeah? If your salary cuts in half, listen, those expenses you've those expenses you've been expensing, how do you sustain the lifestyle? How are you going to sustain it? It's a real question. Are those designer ba- what what are those designer bags? Yeah, you're going to eat them. Are you gonna eat them? Girl, just make sure that you got money in your savers, not just bags on your wall. Bruh, That's it. <laughs> bruh. So just being sensible and again, like not being afraid, but being sensible yeah. and practical Wise. is really wisdom when it comes to managing your finances is really, really important. And of course, there are some 
I guess, expenses, like lifestyle creeps that will come naturally that you need to be aware of. So for example, if, you know, you want to like move out or something, or if an emergency occurs, or if, you know, you have a child, a child is a hell of an expense. Um, (laughs) The highest of them all, really. The highest largest investment that you'll ever make really craziest accessory in the world that there's actually like you've given birth to somebody (laughs) and now it's gonna cost you shopping your money every how dare they don't pay rents they don't pay rents (laughs) it's true um or if you want to get a pet which is a little bit a a little lesser yeah but still expensive still expensive um there are certain expenses that you do need to be aware of and you do need to take into account yeah. when, you know, you're doing your finances. Yeah. So, yeah. And also don't think, oh, this is one thing that I fell into the trap of doing in mm. early on, is because I know how to make money, I will spend money. <sighs> I don't see things in like the budget I've set myself, but if there's something extra I want, I'll be like, mm, it's a hundred pounds. I can make that back. I can make that back. It's that specific sentence. Bruh. I can make that back. But you haven't made it yet, though. Can you really? You haven't made it yet. You it's haven't so, made it yet. Because I tell myself that all the time. Mate. I get it. I get, and I do it to a degree think there's actually a lot of wisdom in it, in the sense of if you want to have more money, you can mm. either save more money mm. or make more money. Mm-hmm. That mindset of I can make it back is I will make more money. Yeah you got to make sure you're committed to that though. Because sometimes mm. we tell ourselves, I'll make more money and we don't see it through. Yeah. We just take the L because we, we're treating ourselves. Yeah. But you're depleting your account slowly by slowly by slowly. Oh God. You'll be saying that, oh, I can make that back. And next you'll need to make back 10K. It's true. <laughs> you will do I'll make that money back right into debts next thing you know you ain't got nothing left next to thing give. you know you'll be telling the bailiffs don't worry I'll make it back I'll make it back <laughs> they don't accept that excuse they don't expe- babes they don't expect that as pa- they don't accept that as payment so but how do you do, how, how have you dealt with lifestyle creep because mm. after uni yeah you, you get hit with the reality of adulting right yeah, yeah. Life is flipping expensive. Life is expensive. You I'm... really expensive. Our parents, no wonder they were so angry. Listen, I saw a tweet that was like, I understand our parents because if it ain't something, it's something else. It's... It pops up. <laughs> if it ain't that, something else. There's I saw something. that too. If it ain't something, it's something else. Legit. Bruh. Legit. And you like, especially when you have no money, you're you're reminded of it more. I remember when I, you remember that season of brokenness I went through last February, yeah? Or early 2020. Yeah. Where did all these bills come from? Listen. You're telling, turn off that damn light. Turn <laughs> off the tap. Stop. I'm telling you. Stop you washing your clothes. Here, You're doing too you much. You will be out here. Bone marrow donations. <laughs> Bone marrow donation. Do you think that I can live on one kidney? Legit. Do you legit. Think, <laughs> let me check. How much are they? On the black market, how much are they selling them kidneys? How much are livers going for these days? I mean, one of them. I don't even drink that much, to be honest with legit, you. Legit, no, no, legit. Like, life becomes really expensive. And the more you become aware of it, I think the more you, you really, not just cherish money, yeah. but you realize how easy it is to lose money. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you really do have to be wise about you your finances after uni. You can't live as recklessly no. as you were whilst you were in uni. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For me, I, I have to, I have meetings with myself. Yeah. I, I sit down with me in yeah. my calendars, Renee, <laughs> finance, and sit down and I'm just like, I review like my big, big spends. Yeah. And then I look at the little ones that are stacking up. Because mm. I think sometimes there's the, it's the little ones that will catch you a cup of coffee here, yeah. you know, something that... Take out. Take it Uber deli- when I was tired. Bruh. Bruh. Those ones will catch you out. Yeah. So you very much need to be intentional about your finances, but also you need to make sure that you set up your life in a way that will make it conducive for you to spend less money if that's your goal. Yeah. So for example, even with like the Uber situation, because I was reckless with that. I'll, I'll just be tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking an Uber. But then I had to actually like factor it into my day that I will be walking yeah. to this place or I will be taking a bus yeah. to this place. Um, and making sure that you actually factor it in as part of your lifestyle and that will make it a lot, lot easier. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would definitely see this not just as finance, but also as lifestyle changes. Yeah. We often think of those kind of things when we're thinking about like, you know, dieting and stuff like that. But it's also very much applicable to finance. It's yeah. a lifestyle thing. Yeah. Like it really is. Money is one of the greatest indicators of your character. And the way that you handle money is very, like very that. much an indicator of where you're at with your character. I like that. So prioritize it and really prioritize the way that you make money, you spend money. Yeah. And handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I tried it. I tried, I there. I tried there. I think it would be really good for us to girls let us know what you think but like Mm. should we do an episode on making more money yeah yeah. i think it's so important yeah yeah. like so and like side hustles hacks and one that's more realistic as well because you know people they'll be like oh yeah these are six side hustles that you can do and then the first one will be something like i don't know just something mad unrealistic learn to code that's the one that really jars me it's like i, I get it and it's high paying all no, the girls all I'm the girls so in tech it. but it's like where am i meant to find the time and uh, i don't want to yeah. <laughs> or it's like yeah drop drop shipping from china yeah. no. i'm not gonna lie though that's a good hack i mean it's a good hack but the t- it's really an, that's a business yeah but do- drop shipping doesn't take that long Anyway, if you want to see an episode, we have different thoughts about it. But if you want to see an episode about it, because mm. I know people who have set up, no, nah, we'll do it an ep- another yeah, episode. We'll but some people are making episodes. serious money from like a couple hours of work a week. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> folks. <laughs> unfortunately, <Wow>. folks. <laughs> That is all we have time for. But by all means, let us know if you would like us to do an episode on that topic or making yeah. more money. But otherwise, let us know what you have to say about career progressions. What has your journey been like? What yeah. are the things that you're struggling with? And what are the pearls of wisdom you can offer to other people that may be in the same position or have been in the same position as you? And you can let us know what you have to say right here in the YouTube comments. Hello, drop them like a tie. <laughs> i love that (laughs) or you can at us on instagram um at to my sisterhood and of course come say hello to us personally on our pages at cd barting and at renee kapuku yes but you can also tweet us at to my sisterhood or you can use the hashtag to my sisters we cannot wait to talk to you real soon. It's gonna be quicker than you think if you sign up to the mailing list. Though. Screaming. So- that was good. <laughs>
So if you haven't already, head to twomysisters.com, sign up to the mailing list for exclusive glow and grow tips from us weekly. And we will talk to you real soon. As always, sister, we are proud of you. Keep going. You have got this. Your bank and your money will soon come up, girl. Money long. Money long. Like their hair on your hair. We hope your hair starts growing too. Because life is stressful. Life is stressful. When when you're having money troubles, does your hair not stop growing? Because I lost a lot of shedding. I had a lot of shedding when I was broke. Fam, fam. My hair was thin. There we go. So we pray for growth in all areas. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) But on that note, keep glowing and growing, sis.